Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to a very special Blizzard Watch podcast. We're the podcast that talks about Blizzard games for a year now. We've been talking about Blizzard games. And that's pretty amazing. Uh, it's basically because of folks like you who support the site and the show. And it's, of course, because of the two amazing people who are with me right now. Uh, first up, she writes bloody near everything, and she's been in an editorial presence on the site since the beginning. Uh, Ann Stickney. Ann, what have you been up to this week, this special week, the week of our nativity, so to speak? <laughs> um, not a whole lot. I... I'm to the point, okay, I'm to the point in Warlords of Draenor where I'm just sort of tapping my foot and waiting for Legion to come out. So um, in 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 those rare moments where I'm not actually doing something else work-related, uh, I've been grinding out the last few reputations that I needed to get to go to, like, all the way through Exalted um, just because I want all the bars to be green. Like, that's the only reason I'm doing it is I just want all the bars to be green. It, it's gotten to that point. When it gotcha. gets to that point, there's like, there's just nothing to do. <laughs> so, so, you know, I throw up Netflix and watch. I have like a really long Netflix queue. So I just watch that on one monitor. And while I'm on the other monitor, just mindlessly killing things. You know what's weird is what I've been doing is I'm leveling low level characters to make sure they have all the transmit gear I want them to have before the big switch. Mm hmm. You know, it's switching some of the mail stuff's turning to plate. Yeah. So I'm going out and getting it, making sure I have all the, the mail that's going to turn to plate so that I have it on the characters that I wanted to have it on. So when the transmog boom happens, that I'll have those pieces. And since those characters will, it'll share with all my other characters. So I'm like, you know, my low level warriors are going to have all this stuff that I can then use on my high level characters. So that's what I've been doing. Cause yeah, that's, that's my boredom thing. It's like, yeah, let's mess around with low level transmog. So, uh, I guess next up is Alex Zebart, the editor-in-chief and ultimately the father of this entire endeavor. Alex, how are you? Hello. Uh, being called the father is weird because <laughs> that kind of makes you You're my the captain. Children. You're the captain of the ship. I'm, be- I'm, be- I'm good with captain. Father. Okay. Uh, it's a little <laughs> creepy, I think. <laughs> well, I, I don't just say that other than, you know, if it suits you, then if it suits you. Uh, captain it is. So, what have you been up to? Playing a lot of Alpha. Uh, yeah. I discovered fishing. We did a lot of fishing. We did a lot of... We fished on a live stream for five hours. It was great. People apparently liked it. Yeah. Watched. Um, yeah, Alpha, you know, previously I have been, been playing it all along. I've done the questing, and we've been running the dungeons. Um, I've, now, I've, now I've gotten to the point where I'm trying to test the little things that people aren't really looking at, and it turns out there's a reason they're not looking at them. Because they're broken um, as hell? They're broken, uh, or just not implemented, or don't work. Like, professions, I've been rolling up a lot of characters and trying out professions. And in the vast majority of cases, you get your crafting profession, you have to make or gather a few token items. They're like, great, to learn more, do this quest in Asuna. 
and that zone isn't available at all. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm kind of hoping that changes because out of the think I think three crafting like actually not gathering but crafting professions of the three I've tried, all of them send you to Asuna, and if that's going to be the case, um, every single player will have to go to Asuna at a fairly low level, even if they decided to level somewhere else. Yeah, so would be why better not just start in Asuna? It would be better if they make it so one goes to a different zone, like blacksmithing goes to Stormheim. Well, Azuna is like the yeah. max level zone, so that's pretty much telling you, oh yeah, you can't work on your professions until you've hit 110 and you're in this zone. Really? Asuna is the max level? I thought it was Suramar. Is it Suramar or is it Azuna? I thought it was Suramar. Okay, alright, I could be wrong then. In which case, alright, they just need to um, open up that zone. It would be really weird if you couldn't even touch professions until max level. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed that, that they, they didn't clarify right away uh, when they talked about how the zones are going to level is you can leave a zone. Say you're like you're level 100 and you, you get to 101, you leave Valshara and you go off to, to do High Mountain for a while. Then you go back to, to, to Valshara and do some other questing. The scaling is continuous. Oh, yeah. It's active. It's constant. As soon as you go from like... Level 103 to 104, all of the 103 mobs are now level 104. And all the quest gear goes up. Yeah. Like, if you take a quest at level 100, but you don't finish it to level 104, the reward will be scaled for 104, not for 101. The exception, which I assume is some kind of bug or something you're still working on, is treasures don't scale. Yeah. Yeah, treasures don't scale, and in many cases, treasures aren't even there. Like, I've yeah. picked up a ton of grays. It was like, you know, uh, there'll be an awesome treasure here. It's like, now you can vendor it for a This will be a real treasure someday. Yeah. Or yeah. there's some some strange ones where you will loot a blue, uh, like a rare quality gear with eye level 700, which is like the baseline they've chosen for level 100, like the bottom mm -hmm. level in Legion. But it'll require level 110. Yeah. Yeah. Or another weird thing I found... Uh, is there's weapons dropping. Yeah, uh, I noticed Blue that. Blue quality weapons. I, I've gotten, so far I've gotten a dagger and a mace. I think I'm okay trips. with that, though, because if they're sticking to this hole, it's going to take you a really long time to get a second artifact thing. Mm -hmm. uh, being able to get an off-spec weapon from somewhere but the problem is, is important. The weapons, the weapons aren't scaling, and they're not that great. Yeah. They're like 700, so it's like if it's they slightly scale, better than I think they'll be better. Yeah, if the weapon oh. scaled your level, then they would be. The yeah. other thing, the other thing I should mention, I forgot because we were talking about stuff that we did last week. Um, I guessed it on the training dummies last night. You should mention that. The yes. Training Dummies podcast, and that's actually out and available for download already. Um, you can go see it on their site. However, I need to warn you, like right up front, the whole thing is full of spoilers. Like so many Legion spoilers, that's 99% of what we talk about. So if you're avoiding Legion spoilers, don't go listen to it. If you don't care, go listen to it. It was really fun to do. After you're done listening to this show, go listen to that show. <laughs> eh, never mind these, these guys. Eh, forget them. Here's more about me, uh, which, you know, I can't really argue with. You should go listen to more about Ann than me. But uh, I guess that basically this week is our big anniversary. Uh, I have really, other than saying that over and over again and being like, I cannot believe it's been a year. I cannot believe it's been a year. It's been a year since I thought my entire life was over. Wow. I can't believe uh, it's only been a year. I I have the hardest time even like realizing the time passes. Like I, I'm as I get old, like my brain just despools from time. But yeah, it, it's been a year and not two and not like like six months. It has been a full year. Uh, I'm gonna ask both of you at this point. You have any like favorite memory from the entire period of time you've we've been working on the site anything you'd really like to remember now either of you <laughs> we were, uh we were asked this in the q a we kind of had before the podcast this is a really hard question to answer um i'm gonna say i think the like, most are you memorable saying a favorite article or a favorite memory anything it can be an article it can be a memory it can be like you know i don't know you walked outside and had a like epiphany i don't care well okay. here, go for me uh, well, one, BlizzCon is always memorable, and this one was interesting because it was our first one as an independent site, and we had to learn very different ways of doing things from, you know, organizing travel to you know, writing the articles and organizing the home team. It was uh, quite different than we usually did it. Um, and also, Blizzard Watch, we're doing a lot of streaming, group streaming, and that's something we didn't do before Blizzard Watch, and it's really cool being able to hang out with my coworkers and so forth, just screwing around at video games with for 
we've known each other for so many years and we didn't really play games together. No. Uh, which we probably should have a long time ago, but now that we are, I'm really enjoying it and having a lot of fun at that. So I'm glad. Favorite and? memory, and this is like a weird one, okay? Because I I talked about favorite articles before, and there was like tinfoil hat. If it says tinfoil hat on it, it was likely one of my favorites. But um, at BlizzCon, Alex and I staying up stupid late in the night, getting the television to talk to the computers in the hotel room, so that we the, could watch the live the stream. So we, yeah, so we could watch the live stream on the hotel TV. <laughs> That yeah, whole process um, was just ridiculous and fun. Because the Chromecast needs to connect to the Wi-Fi. And if you're on home Wi-Fi, you can just give the Chromecast the password. But you're on mm-hmm. hotel Wi-Fi, and you have to log in through like their web portal. Yeah. And the Chromecast can't do that. Nope. So you kind of have it to required... clutch together a circuit of devices to spoof a Wi-Fi connection. and We magically made it work. <laughs> it was it was magic. We were like performing rituals late into the night and we finally made the thing work and it was great. But the whole BlizzCon experience was really, I mean, it was fun for me just because um, I really enjoyed doing Con Before the Storm and getting to actually sit down and talk to people because I don't usually get a chance to do that. Um, I have people that, you know, they'll text me or they'll message me or whatever and go, hey, we should totally meet up. And I never have the time to actually meet up with anyone because we're usually once BlizzCon starts, all bets are off. We're just running around all day. That's that's all there is to it. We can't really plan for any outside activities, but having a place where we could just sit down and talk to people and say hello and, you know, meet readers and things like that. That was great to me. I really love that. So. I think you and I had vastly different con before the storm experiences. Probably. Uh, I had a, a panel I was on, and I think maybe at most 10 people attended. <laughs> and then my signing was after yours. And I think I had maybe five people come to my table. <laughs> so uh, uh, apparently I'm not very popular. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Alex. <laughs> I'll try to be meaner to you on the stream so people like you more. It seems to work for Mitch, so yeah, do that. (laughs) Alrighty, at this point we're going to do emails because we always do emails because that's how the the legacy of this show has been the emails. And they come from you guys, so that's pretty awesome. We get to listen to your comments and complaints and questions. So please keep sending them to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We love getting them. Uh, If you want to, especially if you want to get a question on the lore cast, be sure to put lore watch on it so I know that it's for them. Uh, them. Like, I'm not on that show. Uh, but, you know, either way, we love getting your questions, talking about whatever, be it lore, be it story of in any way, be it, you know, game mechanics, be it, you know, PvP, PvE. We don't care. We'll talk about anything. First one is actually one from last week, because we're going to try and catch up on a couple. Uh, this one is from Wild Hyde, a Worgen Druid on Airy Peak US. And Greetings, terrific triumvirate of totally tubular Titan Watchers. Sorry to have ended the alliteration there. Uh, my Ruined name is it. Wild Hyde. He's right. I do do that. It was good, though. I just noticed Alex is totally right. I have parenthetical voice. Yeah, this is going to huge parentheses (laughs) coming up. So, (laughs) (laughs) my name is Wildhide or Zilthurus, depending on how much I want to be a mining morph and Power Ranger. I'm a longtime listener, having started listening to the podcast many moons ago, and first time caller. I'm calling because the fiance, who I first told about my love for them over World of Warcraft, and I have decided to do a World of Warcraft themed wedding. We plan on getting married sometime in 2017 with an official proposal to happen sometime this year. And I have a request. What are some good ideas for said wedding? We have some ideas already, Dragons. such as getting a Stormwind-style mailbox for the reception, playing WoW tunes uh, using the racial flags as table decor, and giving out uh, foam swords as party favors. But we are still looking for cool ideas, and I was wondering what the Dragons. biggest Blizzard uh, brains bunch might think of this idea. Loving the show and listening to both Blizzard and Lore Watch every time an episode pops up on my podcast lists. I greatly appreciate the almost educational way you folks approach Lore in the Blizzard multiverse. Thanks in advance, Wild Hide. I gotta tell you, I gotta dragons. tell this story before before I like screams dragons more. Uh, <laughs> my wife, my wife introduced me to World of Warcraft. Uh, in point of fact, she was playing it before I was. She was in the uh, the alpha and the beta for for Max. She was playing it right out, right out from the start, and she told me I'd love it, and I didn't believe her at all. I was like, nah. I don't, I don't want to play that, but I did. Uh, we ended up using it as a communication tool, like just to, to stay in touch because we were separated for a long period of time. 
And uh, one night when she was, we'd finally moved in together. She was living at the place I was staying, uh, I was renting. And d- during a molten core run, she made a joke uh, to me. Like, you know, at least I thought it was a joke. She's like, we should totally get married. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we should totally get married. That's funny. And then like half an hour later, I realized, wait a minute. W- was there a joke there? Was she serious? So I go back in and I'm like, um, y- did you mean that? The, the get married thing? Was that for real? She's like, yeah. And I thought it was kind of a dick move and you laughed. So that's how we proposed to each other, like via Molten Core. Like that was our first Ragnaros kill that day. So yay. But also after that, I completely dropped the ball on doing anything War- World of Warcraft related with our with our wedding. I just nothing. So kudos to you for actually having the, the gumption to stick to it. Like all we, we didn't even do. Like I think I had a Superman teddy bear. That was the only bit of, of whimsy at our wedding. So, yeah. Now that I've said that. I'm going to let Alex talk about dragons. Um, that's really the long and short of it. Uh, dragons. Have them. Uh, slay them. Uh, befriend them if you'd like, but I highly recommend slaying. Uh, I don't think you can have a Warcraft wedding without a dragon slaying. Like, wait, if you're going to have a dragon slaying, like, do you mean like a pinata or something? Like they, no. They kill a, it and stuff falls out of it? No, a real dragon. Well, they can't do a real dragon, Alex. That would be cruel. Uh, I mean... I think there are humane ways to slay dragons. And you got anything? What's the humane way? Do you just, like, apologize as you're doing it? I promise to use all of you, dragon. (laughs) Use um, all of your parts. (laughs) It's like, okay, you know, there's that highly controversial thing that I'm going to get in trouble for, where uh, endangered animals, okay, there's these safaris where you pay ludicrous amounts of money to hunt a rare endangered animal. Which is awful. But the idea is the person who has spent like five million dollars to hunt a dragon has put five million dollars into the con- conservation of more dragons. I I no. <laughs> it doesn't okay. work that way. Well, okay. For one thing, you know, dragons are thinking beings. However, um um to interject they can consent. Let her let let Anne do her thing. Dry, okay. Dragons actually aren't a bad idea because if you go back to uh, was it Wolfheart? I want to say it was Wolfheart where uh, Tyrande and Malfurion got hitched at the end, or was that Stormrage? Maybe that was Stormrage. That's Stormrage. That was Stormrage. Okay, so uh, Ysera and Alexstrasza both presided over the wedding. I think like they were both there. So maybe get some gigantic cutouts and or painted panels of big dragons. Yes, because that would actually be appropriate, weirdly enough. Um, Other than that, I mean, you know, foam swords as party favors. That sounds pretty cool. I demand Uh, you get married in full replicas of of World of Warcraft armor sets. Yeah, get like a suit of armor with really big shoulders, like ridiculously big shoulders. Uh, as a serious note, depending on the timeline you're working with, if you know anybody who does like homebrewing, that's a popular hobby these days. If you know anybody, maybe they can whip up something thematic Make for some thunder your brew. wedding drinks. So instead of having a ridiculously expensive open bar, maybe your buddy can brew up thematic beers for everybody. Maybe have a few computers at the reception so people can log into WoW and you can get married there too. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Like have one of your friends preside, or, you know, preferably a priest, like someone who plays a priest. Also, I don't know if you if you do not play the Pandaria Kazoo in theme at least once during your reception, there's something wrong with you. That that music interlude must make an appearance at some point. It's my favorite. Okay, as someone who has <laughs> never been married, who has attended one wedding, uh, I don't know what happens at one of these. To be honest with you, but I think if you're doing something super super nerdy. But you're inviting people who aren't super, super nerdy. I think you should still go ahead with having your nerd party. That's fine. But also offer things that would be enjoyable to people who have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. Um, if like half of your family has no idea what this World of Warcraft thing is, and your whole party is completely World of Warcraft... They might not half have of, the best half time. Half invitees are going to have a terrible time. So yeah. just have something that they can do or talk about or participate in that isn't Warcraft. This assumes that the Warcraft movie isn't so huge that it becomes like Star Wars and everybody knows what the heck you are babbling about. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. Don't 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 plan your wedding on that presumption. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, it's fine to have some, you know, fun stuff. But, you know, if you actually get to the point where you're forcing people to joust, then, then you've gone too far. Take it back a notch. If there's like a unicorn at the reception, well, you know, quite frankly, heck, I'd be there for that. You know, hey, there's a unicorn. I don't even care what your World of Warcraft thing is. It's a unicorn. Everyone knows what those are. Uh, alrighty, next one. Uh, I actually don't see a name on this one. So just going to go with it. If you guys see a name, you're better at that than me. But I, if you I see don't one, see a name, so we're good. It was probably okay. on the email. Eh, this is copied from last week, so. Greetings, watchers. First, just wanted to say I followed or loved your chats for years, and for a great deal of that time, it was incredibly stressful. But whatever was happening, you podcasts always gave me something to look forward to, and I sincerely thank you for all of that. I'm going to stop here and say, oh, thank you. I wish thank I had a kazoo. You. I wish we had a name. I'm sorry. Yeah, kazoo noise. <laughs> Uh, my question has to deal with the future of the WoW story in regards to the Horde and Alliance, and I would love to hear your opinions on it. I think realistically Legion has one of the best ideas for us to identify more with our class than our factions. I could see the two always being in each other's throats, especially as just as a gameplay mechanic, but I would love to see us as players effectively walk away from Horde and Alliance as they do their own thing in the background while we become heroes of the Scenarian Circle, Earth and Ring, etc. It could almost be like reversing the role we had with the Alliance and Horde uh, compared to all those class-centric neutral factions. To double down in future expats, we as a druid or paladin you know, have w- what those class orders instead of uh, red and blue. Thoughts? Hope this wasn't too long to keep up the great work. It means a lot to many of us. Uh, again, thank you. Uh, you guys have an opinion here before I get I, rolling? I don't think, even within Legion, there's kind of this, um, in some places it's red versus blue. In some places it's red and blue. We're hugging it out. Um, it's, even in Legion, it's weird. I like the class halls and the class orders. I don't think they eliminate factions. Um it's hard to say because we haven't played an expansion with class halls yet. We don't we don't we don't know what they're like in practice with the greater player base being there. Yeah, it's right now. You know, they're pretty empty. I mean, uh, I see like I see people in them. Like you know, you see people jumping around doing stuff uh, because everybody's in their pre-made character. Everyone looks exactly the same. Like we're all wearing the exact same starting yeah. gear to start with, and there's not since you get a pre-made character, there's not much to transmog to. I had to go out and farm older expects just so I'd have some stuff to transmog to to test the transmog system out. Uh, right now, helmets are disabled too, so that doesn't help either. Everybody looks even more alike. That's weird. The helmets just gone. Dis- I, like never, gone. I never disabled. display. I never display my helmet anyway, so I'm okay with this. Well, the problem is uh, in one alpha build, I found a really cool leather hood. That looked really awesome. And I took kind of a crappy screenshot of it. And I logged into the next alpha build to get a better screenshot of it. And hats are gone. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't wear it. I can't oh, look dear. at it. So that was the only reason I was grumpy is this hood was really cool and I can't look at it. But in general, I mean, Alex is right now. We don't know how class orders are going to function in terms of players. In terms of the story, they have minimal impact. They're really like the, yeah. the, the, I don't know, like. I think the one with the most story right now is probably the Rogue Hall, just because it's so... I don't know. What do you think of the story of the Rogue Hall, like, in terms of how it affects the gameplay? I don't think that it's necessarily as impactful. I need to go through and play it again, because I haven't haven't done the Artifact Quest and the Hall Quest since the updates that were done to it. So I need to go through, and I actually want to make it subtly Rogue and see how that works out. But, um... I guess in terms of it's right there, it's right there in Dalaran. There's something going on right there in Dalaran. But I, what I'm interested in seeing, because I do, I don't know, I don't know if this is a concept that could go and like carry throughout the game after Legion per se. But there are there are places where I felt, without going into spoiler territory, there are the places where I felt like. I didn't want to do what my faction was asking me to do. Like it seemed kind of meaningless that they were asking me to do this stuff in the face of everything else that we were already going up against. It seemed kind of ridiculous that they wanted me to do this other stuff, particularly when it's a matter of, you know, Alliance versus Horde. It's like, why, why are you guys? Stormheim is, um, Stormheim is one that's bad about that. I think, so right. far, but it's like, why are you guys, why are you guys focusing on this, the faction thing, when we've got the Legion right there? Like, there's this giant, you know, portal-looking thing in the sky, and there's demons pouring out of it, and there's demons all over the place, and 
you guys still want to fight with each other. I don't, I don't necessarily support that or, or feel like that's necessary. Not right now. Anyway, we've got bigger and better things we should be worried about. So there's that sense where it feels like I, I kind of want to walk away. I just want to walk away from, from the faction thing and, and focus on the class thing. But I don't know if that's something that could actually carry beyond Legion. I really don't. Even without the class hall thing, right? There's Right now, playable is Stormheim, Valshara, and High Mountain. Stormheim is like all-out faction war. And you're like, what is the point of this? When you're, it feels weird and the narrative is just... It's just strange. It feels like you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be bothering with this. High Mountain Velshara, there's no faction conflict. There just isn't any of it. Uh, If you are an orc warrior, you are helping night elves and druids and and sometimes Gilneans just as much as you're with horde characters because you have something big to deal with. If you are, uh, you know, a human paladin in High Mountain... You're working with the High Mountain Tauren because that's what you need to fight the Legion. Like, those fit thematically so much better into this expansion because there is this threat. You're working together cross-faction, and they don't make a big deal out of it. It, You just do it because that's what you need to do. Whereas in Stormheim, they make a really big deal out of this faction war, and it feels wrong. Honestly, I feel like Stormheim could work if they didn't make it so much factional as if they made it personal. Like... And there's, there are signs that they're trying to, but here's the thing. I can't tell you what the story is, because that would be spoilers, but there's a main character who's there to achieve an aim of theirs, and another main character there who wants revenge, and that's fine. Make it just be that. Like, oh, she wants to do X. I'm not letting him do X. I think, you um, know? I, I think... If we said names there, it wouldn't be a spoiler because their characters listed in Legion's cast of characters page on the website. All right. Uh, I'm going to just say it then. It's Sylvanas and Gen. Make it be about Sylvanas and Gen, not the factions. And you know I, I mean? Yeah, and I thought, I thought I wanted to see this conflict between Sylvanas and Gen. Like, I've wanted more of that story since the work and starting. When story. I saw their names on the cast page, I was really excited about that. I was thrilled. But I, now I play it in the alpha. I was like, the thing is, is it their time. It isn't, but it isn't about them. It isn't their fight. The stuff you do on the alpha is very much the typical, you know, work for your faction thing. If everything was directed properly, this is my big problem with Stormheim, and we could go on and on about it. But point being, in terms of class halls, the class halls haven't stepped in to really fill the void. They're just places you hang out. Do you know what I mean? Like, then they're not. They're not. They're not replacing your faction. They're not even supplementing your faction. They're more just, you know, this is home base. Rather than having a, a garrison that is one horde, one alliance, you basically have a, di- a bunch of different class halls for each class. And they, they actually help. There's a lot of story to them, but that story is very much a- around the artifact more than it is the actual story of Legion. Now, keep in mind, though, that we're still in alpha. We haven't seen everything that they're going to offer here. Oh, yeah. And definitely haven't seen max level yet. Yeah, we haven't seen max level, and we haven't even seen, you know, are there going to be stories woven throughout the leveling experience? We don't really know that either because nothing's quite in yet. I think every single class hall out there still has that little caution sign in it that says that it's still under development. Yeah. So um, so we're not seeing finalized for anything yet. The warrior class hall doesn't even have NPCs in it yet, except for the ones that are like just random Rykul who yell at things. Like, some class halls have, like, you know, oh, it's that guy. Uh, the Paladin one really does. The Rogue one does to a, to a limited extent. But the Warrior one doesn't. There's no that guy's there. And the Rogue one didn't until this last build where it got Yeah, there's better. more in there now. There's more in there now. So, so yeah, these these are definitely works in progress. I I kind of, this is a tangent, but um, I talked about it on, on Twitter this Hold morning. Hold on, and... do your tangent, then I'm going to slip to the next email, so. Well, it might so. be a long tangent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there's a perception uh, because fan sites, ours, whether it be ours, Wowhead, whatever, um, we don't talk about, we don't write articles about what isn't in the alpha or what isn't in the beta. We talk about mm-hmm. what's there and what's testable and what's near seems complete, what is playable. Most of the time. Most I know, time. I know, I know I've whined about the absence of Jones in the Ledger Main Lounge. Like several times over, and, <laughs> but that's um, nothing important. That's just the cat. The cat should be there. Where's the cat? 
Yeah. And I think based on that, a lot of players who aren't in the alpha assume the expansion is in a state of near completion, when it's really not. It's very far away from that. There's lots of things that aren't implemented, are buggy, are broken. We don't talk about that because it's not worth talking about it because it's in development and we know that. And if we can't play it, we're not going to talk about it. If we can't um, play it and it's not there yet, we don't know anything about it. So there's no reason to talk about it or the absence of it. There's no news in the absence of it. So we've talked about what we've seen of class halls. We've talked about playing with artifacts and the quest to get the artifacts. Uh, you'll probably notice we haven't talked about any quests regarding class halls after you get your artifact. Because there aren't any. We haven't talked about what you do with the whole mechanics about your class hall champions where you send them out to zones or whatever because it's not in you can't do any of that um there's theoretically something like garrison style missions because there's one on the mission table in game but you can't do it because you only have one follower and you need three followers to run it and it only awards one copper so is it a placeholder this, should this not be there uh, are we gonna get more or are we gonna have zero we don't know um there's more not done than there is done but yeah, we, we don't no, talk I, yeah. about what's not done, so people who aren't in the alpha assume it's all done. Yeah, it, it's more along the lines of we don't even know where their internal builds are. We know what they're giving us to test. We don't know. They're, they're always ahead of what we see. We just see what they're giving us to test. Not what they're, they're interested in certain things right now. They want certain things worked on, so that's what they are. The, the Warlock class hall, when you establish it and you became, become you know, leader of the Council of Black Harvest or whatever, there's an implication that you're going to go recruiting a new Council of the Black Harvest and building your own demon army and so forth. None of that's in. Once you, once you finish getting your artifact, there's no more content with that class hall. We don't know how much there's going to be. It's not there. Yeah. All right. Next one is from Cetace. I don't know if that's supposed to be like Cetacean, um, but that's that's how I'm pronouncing it, Cetace, unless someone comes up with something else. It's a, it says Cetace. Cetace. Yeah. Eh, it doesn't look like a Cetace to me. There's an A in it. But it says right there but, in the email. <laughs> yeah, I see that, but... Cetace. Well, I mean, there's an A in it, but it's like tea. Like, you're going to drink. Tea. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wise three wise watchers. Oh, wise three watchers of the storms. I'm a bit confused how achievement tracking works. Before the change where achievements went account wide, it was easy to determine who in guild had the most achievement points. You just looked up how many points the character had in the guild panel online. Now there are different numbers for characters and for accounts. People are disagreeing which ones to use and where to look up the numbers to determine who has the most points. Can you explain how achievement points are now account accounted for and reported, especially cross-faction? To maximize my points, do I need to have tunes in both factions doing achievements that are faction-specific? Thank you for your soon-to-be year-long stabby Patreon supporter, uh, Satisi. I'm having a hard time saying your name, Satisi. Uh, get, first off, I'm just going to say this right about I am absolutely not the guy who knows a thing about this, because here's my view of achievement points. They don't count! I'm out. So um, you guys, go. I know this is going to sound smarmy. I don't mean it to. I just don't understand. What What do you use achievement points for? Like, what does it matter? Who has more? Do people use this for something? I don't, I don't know. know. I never cared. So I'm just fundamentally not understanding why it would matter. Um, it's. I think it's the character specific are just the ones you've completed on that character and account are including all of the battle net account wide achievements, right? Yeah. So yeah, if like, you um, want to bump up that number, yes, you would want to have a character who's done like the faction specific achievements. There's a like, few uh, of them out from, there. Points from an achievement that you've already done on one character when you're looking don't count. Like you don't get them twice. I know that much. And I don't know why I know that much, but I do know that. Yeah, once you've done the achievement once on one character, you've got those points across the board, pretty much. So when you earn that achievement again on another character, you, you don't really, there's no points awarded. You can't rack up the total that way. I mean, I don't, I, I am confused, too, because I'm not, I'm like, why would you even care who has the most points? <laughs> People yeah. do, I guess. It's like a strange thing to min-max achievement points. Well, I mean... People like what they like. I mean, I, I'm I'm running around trying to collect odd transmogs. I mean, I have no... If somebody's playing the game for the achievements and trying to complete all achievements, that's fine. I'm just trying to figure out what a ranking system would be useful for. 
That's yeah. what I'm hung up on. But it doesn't really matter. You have to play both factions. Yeah. Yeah. All I look at when I'm looking at like knocking out a few achievements here and there is I look at which ones haven't I completed yet. And then I go do those. I, I don't, I'm not looking at the point total so much as which one of these hasn't been lit up yet. Which ones of these haven't I done yet? And and I go about it from that way. And it, it, I guess, I mean, I only have the one main, but I have an alt on the opposite faction. So I do, you know, I play both sides. I play both sides quests and things like that. And I do get the the achievements that are specific to one faction or the other. That is something that I go out and do. But I don't know if that really does anything to the numeric total. Because I don't pay attention to the numeric total so much. Also, um, I think theoretically, if you absolutely wanted to maximize, you'd need like a character from each class for each faction, or at least each race. Are class just to specific? Get... Well, there's there's like this guy to ninety ones. Like you know, you've completed double agent, triple agent. Oh yeah, agent, that's those right. That's right. There is so theoretically, if you wanted to, if you wanted to maximize your points, you'd have to level one of every class, and then you'd need like there's there's guild achievements that require the guild to have one of each class and race, but I don't know if you care about those. Do those still exist? I'm pretty sure they still exist, but they yeah. might not still exist going forward. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of guild stuff that's been removed, so it's hard to remember what even is in guilds anymore. But all right. Uh, next one is from, I'm going to have a hard time again, even though it's, this one should be easy. Vinsanity? Would you say yeah. Vinsanity? Vinsanity. Vinsanity of the Q, Nesmware US. Hello, watchers. I actually have three short questions. Uh, one... With the removal of glyphs in Legion, how will the minor cosmetic nuances be handled, i.e. druid travel form visuals, alternate skins for DK minions, etc.? Uh, do, you, do you guys know this? We don't really know yet. We they will, said Minor glyphs are still going to exist. Um, there, somebody was asking about the Glyph of Stars visual effect, specifically for people who didn't really want to play Moonkin form as Moonkin, and this was the other day, right? Uh, and one of the community managers came on to clarify that Glyph of Stars is going to be a minor glyph for Moonkin form, so there will be minor glyphs in some aspect or another. Not all of those cosmetic effects are going away. Yeah, I think BlizzCon, they implied minor glyphs are gone. No, major glyphs are what... gone. Minor glyphs are still staying. But it doesn't it doesn't seem like inscription makes any of them. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Does it. Yeah, I think because what... um, recent data mining had a lot of the things that scribes used to make as glyphs showing up as tomes that taught you a glyph. But the thing is, is inscription like scribes have made tomes before. So this may be a product. This may be something that scribes are making now. Yeah, we just. It's the whole professions profession are still professions yeah are not they're not in. they're not complete yet they're not done yet they're not implemented yet but from what I heard as far as you know what I took from that blue post yesterday obviously minor glyphs are still going to be there in some capacity because the glyph of the glyph of stars is still going to be a minor glyph that that druids can use to so that they don't have to be in moonkin form permanently. Okay, basically what we're saying is please put some profession stuff into test bliss please. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, if you, people have inscription, it would be nice if they knew that it's going to be worth a darn coming up. Yeah. I think uh, Ern Ternock in chat asked, what is the point of inscription legion? No clue. Yeah, we don't know. I don't we know. Nothing. Not yet. <laughs> okay, number two. What does the, why does the dungeon journal not cover raid loot prior to Kata? Those transmog pieces need re reviewing too, you know. Uh, simply because when they designed the system, they didn't do those raids. Um the Dungeon Journal came even... out in Cataclysm, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. Like, did it even cover old dungeons at the time? I don't think no. it did, no. It, you know, so if it's it's been updated since several times, but they just haven't gotten everything in there yet. That's just, that's one's easy. Uh, three, do you think the Legion will make uh, five-man content engaging, rewarding, and replayable? It seemed it has seemed fairly stable, fairly stale since Wrath. I gotta tell you, so far, um, we've played the dungeons, and... Uh, they're, if anything, maybe a little too hard. Um, they're definitely not, I mean, I've... Some of them. I, I gotta say, I really like some of these dungeons, and others I feel like need work, but there definitely seems to be a focus on them. Uh, I would like, what I want to see is is more dungeons coming throughout the expansion. I think that's the important thing to keep dungeons as, as engaging and rewarding, is you get more of them. And like, Imagine it... the expansion, I'll, I'll let you talk, I'm sorry. 
I think it depends also on the difficulty of the content you're looking for. Um, I mean, Rossi said some of them seem a little too hard. I think that's, that's just a, a balance thing. We also did Notharian's Lair, which seemed laughably easy. Uh, yeah, that was so bad. Once we actually knew what the heck was going on, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, and that one, it felt like we could play really sloppy and were not threatened at all. So it's it's a it's a tuning thing. But it, it depends on the difficulty you're looking for. If you just want to play normal dungeons or the equivalent of you know what we've been calling heroic dungeons for a long time, you're just going to get what you always get, I think. I, I don't really think that's going to change unless they continue to add new ones throughout the expansion. But if you're looking for more challenging five-man content, um, the new challenge modes seem like it's that. Um, they you can make them progressively harder. They get you know a, a Diablo add, style of fixes to make the combat yeah, a little different every time you run it. Uh, There's think, different challenges yeah. available, um, and that again, it's a thing that's not been implemented yet, so we haven't been able to see it or play with it. But theoretically, I think when they were talking about it, didn't they say there were you get items that would unlock a particular challenge mode of a dungeon? where you had, like, a particular thing to do, but there were several different ones for each dungeon. Yeah. Yes, they did say that, yeah. Yeah, so it's just it's exa- not there yet, so we don't... <laughs> I remember one example One example was something along the lines of, you know, you get a stone that unlocks, uh, you know, now you can't take damage from any, like, you know, these explosions that are, that are happening from the mobs, that the mob will now be exploding constantly, and you can't take damage from it. You have to, like, evade it, that kind of thing. So it's... They can make these things really hard if they want to. There's a lot of... Basically, a lot of tuning available to them now. Yeah. And, and as Alex pointed out, it is pretty Diablo stolen. Although, one of the funnier lines from BlizzCon was, see, we didn't steal it from Diablo, we stole it from Hearthstone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. But in, ter- in general, honestly, for me, in order to make five-man content engaging, there needs to be a focus on it. Where there needs to come, more of it needs to come in an expansion. The last time we really got that was Cataclysm. And I feel like it shows... Uh, imagine how bored you'd be with raiding if you didn't get new raids. Yeah. Like, you know, you wouldn't, nobody is going to keep coming, even if it's a great raid, no one's going to keep doing like an expansions raiding content. If you, if they drop Ice Crown Citadel, like, you know, with the, with the raid, that's the raid they drop in the the beginning of the expansion and then no new raids ever come. No one, it'd be like, no, no one It'd be like a whole year of Siege of Orgrimmar or something. Yes. Except. It would be two two years of it. (laughs) So the yeah, entire okay. two years of the expansion would be Siege of Orgrimmar and nothing else. So next one is from Zaxxon. I think Zaxxon, I'm going with that. Yeah, he uh, watches our streams quite regularly. Uh, hello, watchers. I've recently been playing the new Diablo season, and it got me thinking about some of the additions Blizzard have said they're coming to Legion. What is it about rifts and bounties that are so much fun? When you think about it, they're just a repetitive grind, doing the same thing over and over again, but they don't feel like it. And how do you think these systems will translate to World of Warcraft? Will they be as fun with WoW's combat system? Interested in your thoughts, Zaxxon. Uh, you guys? I think it just works in the gameplay of Diablo in that it is a mindless smash fest and it doesn't pretend to be anything else you want to go in you want to kill as much stuff as you can you want to get shiny loot at the end and you feel good because it's video game drugs and diablo does not pretend to be anything else so it's kind of a pure distillation of that kind of visceral reward gameplay um world of warcraft isn't as transparent about that and uh almost tries to move away from having that easy chill gameplay um they try not to have those grinds Uh, it's just different kinds of games i think ultimately um diablo is made for world of warcraft maybe isn't well i I do think i do think they're gonna have to do things to make them not feel just like ports of those things from diablo uh i i definitely think that you know some of it like the the adventure mode type stuff where you just you get a, a rift get a bounty and go out and do it that could translate to wow easy that's not hard that's basically just a, a version of questing and i will say there is a lot of small but meaningful variety in rifts and bounties mm-hmm. if you go in you know 20 rifts in a row chances are you in those 20 you have not gotten the same combination of minions maps effects light levels all of that is randomized the kind of enemies you run into what tile set you're playing on what the light level is thus what the map looks like that's all randomized so even though you're just grinding griffs all day long every single one is a slightly different experience that you have to play slightly differently 
yeah, oh, I have to avoid a different thing in this one. Uh, I'm going to have to chase after stuff in this one. But over here, they're going to hit me with something really hard. So maybe I have to run away from them a little bit. It doesn't make a huge difference, but there is a difference. It's very different than in World of Warcraft grinding the same ogre for 12 hours. Yeah, if if they can make it so that there are meaningful differences, like, you know, this one we're going to this dungeon versus this one we're going to this dungeon, but the mobs will be different. Stuff like that could definitely help. And and, I, I, I just think in general the bounty system is going to be an easy port. It's yeah. not going it, it's, to – it's basically what we've had in WoW for a long time, just changed around to be more flexible. That, that's not a problem. It's the, the Rift-style play that I'm interested in seeing how that works out. And someone is burning chocolate outside my house, and it's driving me crazy. Burning chocolate? <laughs> yeah, well, it smells like they're they're making hot chocolate or something, but a lot of it, it's just oh. this, this intense chocolate smell is coming through my window. I, I pictured like a flaming Hershey bar. No, no. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on out there because the window is cl- is like open, but the blinds are closed. I have to get up and look. I mean, we're doing a podcast here, but the smell of chocolate is just <gasps> – the entire room smells like a chocolatier. Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay. I just had to say that. Uh, Anne? Do you have any thoughts on this one before I move on? No, I think I've pretty much said everything I wanted to say about that particular thing. Okay. Next one is another one without a name. Uh, I apologize that I don't have a name for you, Farrell. Can we make Tell up a name for this poor soul? Uh, sure, go for it. Jim? Jim. He Every name in existence, he goes with Jim. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Jim. Uh, hello, Watchers. I was thinking today about how there's so many prison instances in the game. Vault of the Wardens, Violet Hold, Tempest Keep, Stormwind Stockade, Barrett and Hold, Tolbarat itself was a prison colony, and some places that were converted into a prison, like Alduar and Durnhold Keep. Why are the designers so fascinated with this concept and sending us to pick up the pieces? The Legion is also seemingly great at breaking into and occupying them. There's like three prisons they're in. Uh, well, Jim, uh, I don't know. Either well, you guys? Yeah, uh, first... In a world like Azeroth, you're probably putting a lot of people in prison. Um, There's a lot of bad things going on. Yeah, uh, you're probably better off just killing them, because honestly, they're like old gods and stuff. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to arrest this tentacle monster. No, shoot it in the face! But anyway, there's bad stuff, so you want to put it in prison. Also, they're a very convenient way for the developers to make a raid or dungeon that has no theme whatsoever and have it be thematic. That's your typical vision of a dungeon is some place where something is locked up. So, well, you go like uh, Firelands. Yeah, so it's the and, fire and actually, and actually, just made a really good point though. Dungeons, the, the real yes. origin of a dungeon is where you keep things that you don't want. That's yeah. completely accurate. Uh, but I mean, Firelands, it's fire stuff. Uh, Legion, it's demon stuff. Siege of Orgrimmar, it's the horde stuff. Uh, you go to one of these prisons, it's like, uh, well, it's just a prison. So here's an old god, here's an undead dude, here's a gnome, here's a, a slightly larger than normal cat. It's fine, because it's a prison. Anybody could be locked up there. Although they why could... we lock up people's cats is kind of weird. But It was a very bad cat. Bad cat. Terrible things. Poots um, is, no, don't drop that. The curtains will never recover. So the theme... <laughs> of these prison dungeons is there's no theme. Anybody bad. They don't have to stick to a certain aesthetic. So there's like bad stuff is locked up here. So the door opens and some random thing comes out. And I think that's probably very freeing for a developer that I can do whatever I want here. I don't have to stick to this expansion's theme. I just have a cool idea. So I'm going to put it in this prison dungeon. Also well, keep in mind that, that, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, keep in mind that from a lore standpoint and a thematic standpoint, it actually makes perfect sense that we're locking up these Burning Legion demons instead of killing them. Because if we kill them, they go back to the Twisting Nether, and then they come back again. If we imprison them indefinitely, they can't go anywhere. They can't do anything. They're just locked away. Same thing with the old gods. If we imprison them, we don't kill them. They, they can't like come back again. They just, you know, they're locked away. Yeah, for for creatures that don't die properly, prison is actually worse than death, you know. Uh, I, I will say also, Vault of the Wardens kind of has an interesting thing where, at least originally, they locked th- some things up because they didn't think they were it was right to murder them. Yeah. So there's there's certain elements to this. Uh, but yeah, st- stockades, man, I don't know. Stockades just didn't work out at all. Stockades, was... it's criminals. It's a bunch of criminals and traitors and other dudes that... No, I just no. I just mean the idea of that place. is It's like, you yeah. know, we shouldn't have put our prison in the middle of the city. We should have put it outside the city. 
it's just never worked out for <laughs> probably us. yeah probably sticking it in the middle of the city was not the best idea in the world well there's a guard tower in stormwind city i don't know if yeah, it's still i know this way. no it doesn't still have the portal anymore no i wasn't talking about i wasn't talking about the portal but there was one it's not connected across the canals by any bridges oh the one that's completely by itself yeah yeah it's so, still out there it okay. even used to have burn damage on it from the inside there was there was like some intimation that there that was actually supposed to be the secret even worse prison that Stormin had. Yeah, <laughs> there was the so, one prison, and then there was the really bad prison for really bad people. If the stockades yeah. had been like that one, where there's just not a bridge, you have to take somebody over by boat or whatever. I mean, you can let them ride all they want; they're not getting anywhere. But you build that bridge, you screwed up. <laughs> they can leave. Well, the thing is, is that stockades isn't even just have a bridge; it's actually in a district. Yeah, it's straight up, you know, part of the district. You're right. They should have just made it an island. But I honestly still think it shouldn't even be in Stormwind. Like, be put it out in the harbor. Stormwind has that big harbor. Yeah, make it an Alcatraz. That's how you get pirates. Stick it you out there pirates? by the lighthouse. <laughs> that's how you get pirates. That's how you, pirates. Yeah, you want pirates? That's how you get pirates. <laughs> you put your prison next to the ships. They just take them. They're gone. <laughs> Already, uh, we actually have a lot of emails here to do. Well, if we have two left, I, we can go a little long to this today, right? You get these two down? Yeah, keep going. Sure, why okay. not? Hi, Watchers. I haven't played WoW since the end of Cataclysm. It wasn't anything with the game, just life and money. The last few months, I've been missing it a lot, which has gotten me into listening to the WoW podcast at work, and I'm now supporting your site on Patreon. Thank you. Uh, I expect to get a new computer in March, and I'd like to come back. My main was a hunter, if that makes a difference. Do you have any advice for how to get back into the game smoothly? Thanks for everything you do. Uh, I'm going to start with Anne. Anne, you have any advice? Okay. So, end of Cataclysm was, was when you stopped. When you come back, theoretically, you do, if you buy Warlords of Draenor, you get a boost with it. Don't use the boost. I'm just going to tell you right now, don't use the boost. Because Mr. Pandaria had some of the best quests. And it was an amazing zone, and there was a lot of story there that I don't think you really want to skip out on, especially if you've never played it. If you've never played it before, it's totally worth going and playing through it. Um, and then jump into Draenor and do the Draenor stuff. I mean, that's my advice, but then I'm somebody that really gets into the story and the story content and things like that. And honestly, I think Mist delivered a lot of really good story that you just you don't want to miss out on. I think not using the boost also gives you more time to get acclimated to any mechanical changes that have happened since Hunters, then. yeah, hunters have changed. They've changed since Cataclysm, so it it gives you an opportunity to kind of get used to the class again, too. That's that's always my suggestion is, you, yeah, you have a boost, but maybe don't use it on your main. Level your main like normal, get back into, get used to the game. And then use the boost on an alt. Unless you need to get to max level ASAP to play with some friends or something. Then boost away. Yeah, I'm going to argue for not using the boost for a completely different reason. You might not like Hunters anymore. And if you don't, the boost will allow you to try out a new character very quickly. Without, In fact, you can play a character at low level, see if you like it, and then boost it. And for that matter, if you decide you like the game right now, Legion is going to give you another boost. It's going to let you boost to 100. So, I mean... And you could basically, if you're enjoying the game right now, hold on to your Warlords boost, wait for Legion. If you buy Legion, you'll now have two boosts and you can play around with them. So I, I think you should definitely hold off on the, on the boost. I, I second everything it had to say about, about Pandaria. Uh, and I'll also say, I, honestly, leveling in Draenor is the best part of Draenor. Like, the leveling game is, is where it's at. Actually, I, I'm of a feeling that, that that even Blizzard recognizes this at this point. And one of the reasons for scaling in Legion is so they can keep the leveling content fresh longer. Like, even, you know, yeah. I don't know how to put this. If you Even if you boosted somehow or something, the leveling content is still there. And it's still at whatever level you are. So... I think Blizzard I, has always had this problem where um, when people... People want to follow the, the, not only the predetermined path, like, okay, this is the level 90 zone, this is the level 93 zone, whatever. They follow that path, but also if there's zones they haven't done when they hit the level cap, they just stop. They don't go to those other zones at all. Uh, I, I'm kind of, I've done this. Uh, Miss Pandaria, I never went to Tom Long Steps, ever. I don't know what happens there. I've never done a single quest in Tom Long Steps. Because uh, you, you can easily get through the game without, yeah. you, you can get to 100. I never had to go thing. there. Yeah. I and, did go there because I'm nuts, but but I think uh, Legion seems aimed at 
giving people a reason to go to every zone, regardless of whether they're max level or whatever. But um, it's just returning to WoW, um, I always my advice for somebody who's coming back to WoW is just don't take it too seriously. WoW changes, but doesn't change that much. If you just log back in, you can pretty much feel your way back into the game in like 20 minutes. You can be back killing mobs where you're supposed to be, and you'll figure it out from there. You know, just don't try to min-max your first day back in a while. Like, what's the most efficient way to play WoW again? Just play WoW. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay, our last email is from Roparo, who I actually see a lot. Um, you comment quite a bit, and you, I've seen you tweet. So, hi, Roparo. Um, if I'm pronouncing it Raupero, is that how you say it? Raupero? I would say Ro, but okay. Raupero. Raupero. It's, it's, it's Ro, like row, row, row your boat. Ropiro. Ropiro, okay. I'm going to go with that because I, I have New England accent and I would say that Rao. So, uh, greetings, Blizzard Watch, Lords of the Podcast Realm. I've got a question that pertains to a discussion I remember from back during the Warlords beta. Back then, it seems to be quite a bit of talk about finally bringing back the Dark Knights. They, they did seem to be something that they were being worked on towards for a while, but when the expansion released, the only areas that appeared to have the Darker Knights restored are Elwyn Forest and Red Ridge Mountains, along with the corner of Stormwind up by the portals for some reason. I feel it's obvious they can't be finished yet, especially seeing that at least in Elwyn, off other weather effects such as clouds or rain sometimes cancel out the Darker Knights effect. What I'd like to ask is, has there been any new information regarding this? I have been mostly away from the community since last summer, so it's possible I missed something on this. I've searched around, but it doesn't seem like anyone in the Legion Alpha has confirmed if anything more has been done for this. It just confused me that everyone seemed really adamant about getting Blizzard to bring back Darker Knights, but as soon as Blizzard promised to do it, everyone completely forgot about the subject. I'll be honest with you, if they make the Knights darker, I can't play the freaking game. I can't see. I, Elwyn Forest at night sometimes, I can't see a bloody thing. I don't like it. The people that argued for Darker Nights, you're ruining my game. Stop it. That means you, Alex. Because uh, I know you <laughs> did argue for it. I remember it, you arguing it, for it. It depends. There's some zones work well with it. Um, Duskwood's supposed to be dark and spooky. And if it's not dark, it's not spooky. So I think it belongs there. Um, at night, I like it being nighttime-ish. Uh, some zone, I think there's a middle ground where there's like, it's pitch black and that's not good for gaming. If it's basically daylight, except there's kind of a blue cast, like you see in High Mountain in the Legion Alpha right now, that's not nighttime either. So you might as well not do it at all. It just looks weird. Just keep it daytime 24 seven. If you're not going to actually have night, uh, it's a complicated thing. It's, it's one of those things where it has to, it's based on how people feel. And that's Here, a really hard thing to design. Here, here's what I would like to see. I would like to see it available as some kind of option in your graphics settings where you can tell it, yes, I want dark nights or no, I do not want dark nights for people like Rossi who like, or people with monitors that aren't especially acclimated. I mean, that's kind of just your gamma settings. Yeah. You can kind of tweak it in there, but I mean, I have my gamma settings set way up as it is because I am old and my eyes don't work as well as they used to. And I can't see a bloody thing once it gets too dark. The problem with having your gamma settings up is that then you have to turn them down for other zones. Like, I have to manually adjust my gamma every time I go to, like, and oh my god, when there's lots of spell effects on the area, I have to dump, like, oh, down, 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 down. So it's it's one of those situations where too many option sliders sometimes make it worse. Like, you know what I actually found myself doing for a while? I played in colorblind mode, because colorblind mode doesn't have this problem. Oh, yeah? Like, Mm. it's just black and white, and doesn't, I don't have to turn my gamma up and slide it down. The problem there is that I'm playing in black and white. I have color vision. You know, I can I can see the colors. I feel like yeah. I'm, you know, I don't get to see them. I, if I had colorblindness, I'd, I'd be thrilled to be. I, I think colorblind mode is great that they put it in, but I'm using it not as it's intended because I can't handle the level of darkness they put in some zones. Elwyn's real bad. Like I tried, we, my wife and I did like level one through 20 recently, just, you know, just because we could. And I was having the devil's own time seeing anything in Elwyn. Like I was like, uh, okay, I, I got, I had the bars up so I could see a bar in the distance. Oh yeah, we're going to go kill that thing. Hopefully it's a, it's a kobold. So yeah, Elwyn, Elwyn gets nuts. Elwyn they gets should let you equip like a magical torch to make it daylight for you and you alone. <laughs> it would be nice. Um, but the thing, it does bother me when I'm getting screenshots for something for the website. And I typically am playing the game at night, late at night. 
if you'll notice, every single header image I've used for the queue for probably the entire year we've been running Blizzard Watch is very dark because I took the screenshot at night because that's when I read the queue. It's just, it's one of those things where, I mean, it doesn't even need to be a slider. It could be two options. You could have an option for a perpetual daylight or one for dynamic days and nights. And, you know, you check mark the one that you want to see. So even, you know, if you are, say, theoretically online in the middle of the night and you have to take screenshots or whatever, you could check mark the box that says perpetual daylight and all of a sudden, ooh, it's bright and shiny and sunny day. You know? Yeah. And, I, I'll admit that they could do something. The whole thing with, with weather in Elwyn actually making it brighter at night, uh, I imagine that's a consequence of the complexity of the lighting in a world like World of Warcraft now. Because World of Warcraft is huge. Every zone has its own lighting. It's not just day and night. Like They have their own atmospheric types of lighting. Skybox. It, it's, each skybox. zone has a different skybox in it. You know, And they have the dynamic day-night cycle. And then the weather changes. So in Elwyn, if it's daylight and the rain rolls in, it gets darker. At night, it's dark in Elwyn, and if the rain rolls in, does it get even darker? Does, is it then just pitch black in Elwyn? That's not very good gameplay, is it? No, but so, it doesn't, though. It actually gets lighter. So it gets lighter, because it's just like, this is just the lighting it is when it's raining. Is it, we're not going to slightly adjust it darker. It's just, this is what the lighting level is when it's raining. And what's funny about that, too, is that um, one of the things that I've noticed on the Alpha frequently now several times i've gone into stormwind and it's actually been raining in stormwind city which is which is nice because it's called freaking stormwind city i know well and the thing is is like the first time it happened and i logged in and i was looking at it and i'm like it's raining here i don't recall in my 10 11 years of playing this game i don't recall a single moment in which it was raining in stormwind except for when people Actually, like use the rainstones in cathedral square sometimes that would make it rain but like yeah it used to be like you'd be riding in from rainy elwyn and you'd hit and a point it gets the bridge sunny. And suddenly yeah it's like what so wow. so that's why i was like i was kind of taken aback i'm like whoa it's rainy here and overcast and it was darker in stormwind it was darker the rain made it darker, like visibly darker and kind of gloomy, like a stormy day. I'm like, this is cool. Is this something new? And and I can't, I tried to verify it on Twitter because obviously, you know, I don't play Alliance often enough to be really familiar with Stormwind and its weather cycles. I just know that all the times that I've played Alliance, Stormwind has been sunny. I've never seen yeah. it not sunny. So I asked on Twitter, I said, does it rain in Stormwind? Is this a thing that happens? And I've gotten like mixed responses. There's a bunch of people who have said, no, it doesn't rain in Stormwind. But then I've had a few people who said, yes, but it's really, really rare. So I can't really say one way or another. I mean, I, I don't have a definite either way. A lot of time in Stormwind because most of what I do on Live Realms these days is churn out glyphs on the auction house for gold. And I've been doing that for years now. I have never seen it rain in Stormwind. Okay, so maybe this is a new thing. For hours at a time every day, I've never seen it rain. Try going there in the alpha because you'll catch it. It's it's I've caught it raining several times now. Usually closer towards you know the evening side of the day, but I've caught it raining quite a bit. It's really weird. Okay, and uh, another thing with lighting that somebody pointed out in chat that I think might be true is um so well kind of in chat they pointed out the lighting is oddly flat in in Elwyn, meaning like um. There isn't a lot of dynamic lighting. There isn't a lot of light sources. Mm -hmm. It's just woods and grass and hills, and there's nothing to really change that. So there, the darkness is really apparent. In zones that are a little more dense or have more going on, you have, it's dark, but there's also torches on the road, and there's settlements everywhere and campfires, and the ambience of that makes it feel better than it just being oppressive darkness. And that might be a thing. Basically, once you get south of Goldshire in Elwyn, once you start heading towards the river, unless you're right near a farm, there is nothing but darkness. The moon does not light it up. And there's no light sources like campfires yeah. or torches or anything like that. Yeah. But uh, at this point, I think we've pretty much covered this. I think we're just going in circles. And we've actually covered all the emails for once. Woohoo! High five! So uh, that means that I turn to Anne. 
Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And I do want to like give a big thank you. Obviously, we've been here for a year now, which is kind of amazing. And a lot of that has to do with the people that have supported us on Patreon. So I feel like I should be thanking them, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really been an amazing, like, being part of it. And I know I'm real appreciative. And uh, I haven't cried year... once today. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> last year, I think we all got kind of emotional. Uh, it's good to, totally. to be, basically, it's good to be doing it on business as usual this are. week. You got sad. Don't even. <laughs> what is emotion? Alex. Okay. Other than, the yeah. Robot. <laughs> yeah. Other than, you know, Alex, the robot. I mean, I think generally we could all say, you know, thank you very, very much. It's, it's very appreciated. Everything you've done to allow us to keep doing what we love doing. Uh, that's the show. Um, unless, um, robot man has anything he'd like to say. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said, you know, we couldn't be here without our supporters, uh, patrons and, people who visit our site and get the word out about our site. It's all super appreciated. And uh, if you, you know, if you have, for whatever reason you think you don't, you know, Oh, well they all know, feel free to tell people about us because a lot of people, we've been getting emails all the time going, Oh, I just found you guys. So yeah. I mean, we still have people saying, <laughs> we still have people. I mean, as of this week, I think I've seen a message that goes, Oh, I was so sad when Wildsider went down, but I just found Blizzard Watch. It was a full year ago. Wildsider <laughs> went down. Yeah. So uh, don't be afraid to tell your friends about us. <laughs> yeah, it's very appreciated. It, it, any any little bit getting the word out does help quite a lot. Uh, this has been the show. Uh, I'm Matt Rossi, your host. Uh, with me has been Alex Z. Barton and Stickney, and this has been Blizzard Watch. Thank you very much for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.